are about to listen to Where Your Treasure Is, the podcast where faith and finance meet. Please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice. And remember, investments can go down as well as up. Happy listening. Welcome to Where Your Treasure Is, Season 5, Episode 2, where we are continuing our conversation about giving. And this week, we are going to be exploring what to give. So, Simon, is money the only thing that we can give to charity? If it was, I think this would be quite a short episode, although I'm sure we could talk about different ways of giving money. And maybe we should start with that before we get into some of the wider context. We spent last time talking about why you give. And admittedly, a lot of people's conversation around giving, giving to church, giving to charity, and we spoke about giving to family as well, is quite money-centric. But there are loads of other things that we can and do actually give quite regularly. Let's start with money, then we'll move on. Now, depending on your own history, I certainly remember my first experience of giving money was probably when a little basket got passed around church or sometimes it was a wee velvet bag with handles and you would drop in coins or if you were feeling very wealthy, some notes. Uh, Maybe you'd go to the front of church and, and put it in some kind of communal collection. And that seemed to be the default way of giving money to church originally. But certainly in our church, things have moved on a little bit since then. And in fact, my experience on a Sunday morning is very rarely to see people with any kind of cash. They give in other ways, don't they, Bex? Yeah, so often people use standing orders in terms of it being simpler. In your own financial setup, you know exactly how much money is going out every month and when it's going out. And it also allows the church or the charity to plan on that money and to be able to budget accordingly. However, I think there's quite an interesting conversation or dynamic in that in terms of, I know for some people, There's something really profound and it's definitely part of their worship to go forward and to give. And so how do we balance that sense of wanting it to be an act of worship and not something that we just set up once and forget about and also honouring the charities or the local church in the way that we give? Do you have thoughts on that, Simon? Well, I've had those conversations with people and certainly thought them myself. Giving is a form of worship. Our our whole lives given over to God are are a form of worship. But there's also a sense in which our giving should be done in secret. So is it right to take our money publicly to the front? Can you hide it in an envelope? Could you do it by cheque? Well, cheques are kind of a bit out of date these days. And when you do give that way, perhaps it's more work for whoever's doing the finances, certainly for the church. Lots of giving is now done electronically. Perhaps there's a way of going forward to give, even though your money has already been given to your church or charity of choice. But this is quite specific to the church environment. And whilst many of our listeners will find themselves in that space, there are other means and ways by which we give money to charity. We certainly do set up standing orders of regular gifts to charities we care about. We put money into collection tins. We can certainly pay by contactless on our phones or through apps or online, all sorts of ways. And I think this is one of the moments where our heart and our motivation come really into play. It's not a case of how much we give. Jesus made that very clear with the widow and her two small copper coins. It was the fact that she gave out of her poverty rather than out of her wealth. 
And very much this relationship of giving is between us and God for Christians, whereas certainly for non-Christians, or maybe even some Christians, giving can be quite a public affair. They want to be seen to give because it's something to do with their pride and their ego. Look how wealthy I am. Look how much I can afford to give. So once again, we come back to that emotional topic of money and certainly money and giving. And so I'm wondering if just really practically, there's almost some questions or some criteria we can run through in our own head to check the motivation of our hearts and to see where we're sitting with that. Simon, do you have any thoughts or perspective on perhaps questions we might ask ourselves to check where our hearts are with our giving? So coming back to a point you made in our last episode, Bex, are you being deliberate? Have you chosen to give? How much have you chosen to give? Who are you giving to? These decisions shouldn't just happen on a whim. You can be a spontaneous giver, absolutely. But I don't think you should only ever be a spontaneous giver. I don't think that honours the gift and the grace of giving that God has called us to. But there's some more than that. Maybe you want to think to yourself, if I do give this money, what am I not doing in exchange? You know, what would I spend it on if I wasn't giving it to this organisation? What am I missing out on? Am I giving sacrificially? Or am I really just giving out of the surplus? Or if I didn't give this money, what's the impact? What doesn't happen because my gift isn't being given, isn't available to be used? I think we can sometimes, certainly with larger gifts or with ongoing gifts, apply some discernment. And that might sometimes help us choose between different recipients of our money. We don't have infinite funds. We have to choose who we give to and how much. And certainly we can speak to others as well. I'm thinking of doing this not in an egotistical way, but letting ourselves be accountable to others. I've got some money to give away. I'm thinking of this organization. What do you think? Or maybe even doing it as a group. We've been successful with that in the past. Get together with other people and collectively put money into a pot and then give that pot to one charity or to many. There are many ways of making it not only accountable, but also actually quite fun. Wonderful. And perhaps we can look at some of the other things that we can give alongside money. And one of the obvious things that springs to mind is time and the fact that many people who go to church or many people who are involved in charities will often volunteer their time, perhaps on a weekly or monthly commitment. Simon, what has that looked like in your own life? How do you balance perhaps that desire or obligation to give time with working, with family life, with all the other things that you've got going on? Oh, there are so many different and conflicting objectives there. We spoke last episode about time being something that you can buy, you know, buy back your time so you have control over using it. But in the same way, time is something that we give. I do remember speaking to somebody who had a very specific concept here, which was I could go and volunteer for the church. I could stop working. I've got enough money to be able to retire. But if I did, I'm not going to be very useful. I can't add a lot of value to the church. But if I keep working, actually, I can earn a decent amount of money. I can give that away instead. In their mind, time equaled money. And they were making a deliberate choice around which was going to bring more value to their charity of choice, in this case, the church. Now, for other people, maybe time is something they have more of, and time is no longer as directly attached to money. Perhaps those who are retired and have a regular income, even if they don't have to go to work and get it, in those moments, they have time, but the time is still finite. We still have to be careful about how we spend our time, looking after ourselves, and our family. Sleeping is really important. But then 
How do you bring purpose into life? And actually, for many people, volunteering, whether for church or for charities or for community causes, gives them a huge sense of purpose and a huge sense of well-being. And I think back over my life and certainly in the lives of my kids right now, the number of people volunteering at church for scouts, for fun days, in charity shops, people who have just given their time and really enhanced the value of my life and my family's life and the community in which I am part. So how about you, Bex? How does time come into your equation of giving? I think time is a very interesting one because there's a sense that you can never give enough time. There will always be more things you could be involved with or more time could be spent on your particular area. And so sometimes it's been really hard to discern actually what is a good thing versus what is the thing that God is actually asking me to do. And so one thing that I found really helpful in that journey is to actually ask the Lord, God, what can only I do in this situation? And what is it that you're asking me to do? And also, what are the other things you're asking me to do? Being self-employed, there's been a couple of moments where I've not wanted to do it anymore. I've wanted to give up. And each time it's felt as though the Lord's very clearly said that this is where I want you to be right now. And for me, that means that I'm working four days a week on my business and one day a week for church. And it's been very clear that that is the division of time that I should have at the moment. And then you get into your time outside of work. And that can also be challenging. I think particularly as a single person, there can sometimes be an expectation, whether it's true or whether it's how I can perceive it, of you have so much time. And so sometimes there can be a balance of discerning what is right to do versus also the relationships that I'm sewing into, the time that I want to spend on creative endeavours or just the time to relax and spend with friends or spend on my own as well. Yeah, it's important to recognise that spending time on ourselves is important. It isn't about every minute of every day being given in sacrifice to God somehow. There is a call for some rest and relaxation. Something else you mentioned there actually, Bex, which triggered a thought for me was the fact that you're self-employed. Well, I run my own business and I have some employees. And one of the discussions that we have had as a company is about employee-supported volunteering. Effectively, giving the staff time during their year paid for by the company to go and volunteer. As an employer, I think that's quite an important habit to try and ingrain in my employees. I'm paying them, so actually the company's paying. But if you were being paid to volunteer, what a great output for you. And if you're working for a company that offers this kind of volunteering time, then make use of it. Go and do some good because you're getting paid to do it anyway. But there are other ways as well of encouraging an employer to get behind this giving thing. Employers sometimes have chosen charities they partner with and then raise money in different ways during the year to give away. Or even you can do something called payroll giving, where rather than giving out of your income, you instead ask your employer to take some money off your salary and give it straight to charities. That can be quite a tax efficient way of giving, which we'll talk about more in the next episode or two. And just out of curiosity, as an employer and in your own business, what has been the effect of employees having time to volunteer? What's that looked like for you? 
So I'm conflicted in some respects because yes, you want them in the office and generating income for the business. But because I know the business itself has a purpose, which is to do good for the community and good for God's kingdom, this is part of me outworking the purpose of the business. But from a purely commercial point of view, tell you what, it has helped me attract really good staff because they recognize that an employer who gives them time off to volunteer must have some of their best interests at heart and those of the community. And even it attracts clients, clients who recognize that as an employer, we're giving our staff time to go and do this. And we'll speak to our clients about opportunities to volunteer. Have they got ideas and suggestions for us? So I think it creates a very healthy culture in which people can balance work and money against purpose and the impact on our communities. And it strikes me in even just having this conversation that Simon, you are giving a level of your expertise in having these conversations about money. And so how else could we give our expertise to a charity or to a cause? So you said it earlier, what's the thing that only you can do? Maybe I don't need someone with your skills in my charity. But if I could find the right person with those skills, I'd have to pay others to do or takes a lot more of my time. When you've got skills that you can do things efficiently and quickly and suddenly you're taking a huge burden off other people, oh, it's a huge blessing to them. You know, what takes me an hour might take them five hours. We have just made four hours of time. You know, there's no point in employing me to mow the grass for your charity if you can employ me to help your staff members with their pensions. Mm. So let's bring the right skills to bear. Now, it doesn't have to be expertise of technical nature. It can be skills like mowing the grass or painting a wall or building something. If those are your skills, offer them to somebody who needs them. And I love the idea, we often talk about overseas mission, where you'll go with your skills, but you will be employed to do the thing you would do for a day job. You're just not getting paid to do it. I think that's a great efficiency of using what God has already given you in your ability and applying it in the voluntary or charity sector rather than just for money. And I suppose another aspect of giving our expertise may also be giving our advice. If we have particular experience of situations, so for instance, if you know how to run a brilliant meeting or you are brilliant at negotiating or mediating situations, actually to be able to train or to offer advice to a charity in that may be incredibly helpful and may provide crucial support in really key moments. And there are probably loads of people out there who have skills which are potentially business-related skills. They're good at leading meetings. They're, they're good at generating ideas from teams or helping host teams that they can bring those skills to bear. They're not being employed to do a job, but they are suddenly enhancing the efficiency of the existing people. You're basically kind of offering support in a way that you can add value. You're coming alongside people. You're spending, yes, time with them, but it's not just useless time. It's very specific, deliberate time where you're bringing skills, ideas, opportunities, and support to bear. Now, I think that brings another thought to mind, which is actually, you can give your reputation. I want you to think about maybe celebrities who support charities, or even the royal family. They bring their reputation alongside a charity to enhance their visibility and to raise money. It's one of the things that when we spoke about why giving, you mentioned in passing last time, people get encouraged when they see others give. And if you can be somebody who says, I will stand alongside this person, this cause, this charity, kind of put your reputation on the line a little bit. 
it helps others to also come forward and to give or to serve. It becomes almost a virtuous cycle of more and more people coming, which is a great part of the community of giving. And while we may not all have the platforms to influence thousands of people or millions of people, we do all have a circle of influence. And one of the things you talked about in the last episode, Simon, was your criteria for giving. And one of them was the impact or the feedback that you are getting from a particular charity. And it's not to say that you then have to go and say, well, you should give to this charity too. But actually just by talking in your general life about I'm involved in this charity and this is what I see them do. Again, that can encourage people that can stir up hope and inspiration and faith. Yeah, charities love somebody who will advocate for them, who will volunteer for them in a locality and raise awareness, who will fundraise for them if that's your thing. Having somebody on the ground makes a massive difference to charities. And if you can find that cause, it could be the church, it could be a different charity, where you can serve because you're passionate, people will be more generous because of the impact that you are having. And in fact, people give in different ways, not just money that you might fundraise for them, but there's lots of other ways we can give to charity, to community causes. And I'm thinking now about, well, giving clothes to a clothes bank, whether it's to raise money or that those clothes can be reused, giving blankets to the homeless, giving toys that get sent overseas in shoebox appeals. Or what about selling unwanted gifts that you have, not so that you can make the money, but so that you can give it away? Now, that might be giving that money to a charity shop. Charity shops are now able to receive gifts from you, sell them. And if you're a higher rate taxpayer, you get some tax back. More about that next episode. Or you could choose to shop in charity shops to try and keep that cycle going of those who've given once, you get to buy back. You can always give things back again in the future and someone else will buy it and use it. Or what about buying charity Christmas cards or, you know, those times when you like buy a goat and then give it away as a Christmas present. All these ways of creating value for charities, shopping fair trade, buying fair trade food. There are all kinds of giving and we can be much more deliberate about the range of options available to us. I'm thinking about something else, Bex. What about giving space? I'm thinking now maybe giving away space in our homes temporarily or long term yeah and so often that has such a big impact as well whether that is directly to a charity or a church or whether that's actually just recognizing that there are people in our lives who would benefit from just having real relationships having people who care about them who are invested in them because it's not just about the big organizations, but it's about the individuals as well, isn't it? And what we see through the gospel is that when one life is transformed, when one person looks a little bit more like Jesus, actually the potential that has to then transform their worlds and the people around them is remarkable. And we want to be people who bring that hope and that transformation through God to people all around us. And my natural inclination is to hang out with people that I want to hang out with. That might be people who share the same interests or at the same life stage as me. But if we can make space for people and build friendship, build relationship with those who might be lonely, who might find it more difficult to maintain close friendships, even sometimes it goes as far as bringing them back to your house for a meal or to spend the night, or sometimes for some people, come and stay in our spare bedroom while you have that need. If we have been given these gifts and these abilities, 
I feel almost it is incumbent upon us to use them in ways that we can to spread God's love. The Bible is basically a message of love God and love people. And sometimes loving people directly is a lot harder than just giving money. Sometimes giving money can be the easy option. And whilst I think it's really important that we do give, and we do give deliberately, we shouldn't stop at that point and say, I have given, I need to do nothing more. God, I'm done. I've met the criteria. I think he has a lot more for us than that. And we talked in the last episode about how giving is good for us. And while there can definitely be challenges of spending time with people who are perhaps different from us, there are also huge benefits for ourselves as well as we get to hear and see different perspectives, as we maybe get to unpick some of our own assumptions or unhealthy attitudes. Actually, we also become more like Jesus in that moment and have the opportunity to see someone through God's eyes as well. And so not only are we loving them really well, but actually it gives us an opportunity to spend time with people who we maybe wouldn't get to know otherwise. Absolutely. Well, we're coming towards the end of this episode and the time allotted. I want to throw a few ideas just into the mix specs. Maybe not a lot of time for chat on these ones. Let's start with some of the big ticket items. You don't have to just give money. Sometimes we can give things that have value, have worth. Now, it might not be very common, but it's possible to give property to charities, land or or houses. We see that in, in the Acts of the Apostles, don't we? From time to time, people would sell property. It still happens today, and there are still tax benefits from doing that. You might give shares. I'm talking about here investment shares that you own in companies. You can give those to charities as well. You can give, in some respects, your career to charity. You can say, I'm going to choose that my whole career is working towards raising money or supporting a charity. Or maybe rather than pursuing something that you think you could achieve in the secular world, no, I feel called to give my life to the church, to charity and work in that space and not be pulled into a desire to earn as much as possible, instead to do as much good as possible. Here's a practical, simple one. For many people, you can give blood. You can't do it all the time, but you can get into the rhythm. It's a need that society has. They can't make it. They have to get someone to give it. So I'm definitely a firm believer and encourager of giving blood. I loved one of the posters that came out many years ago from the blood transfusion service. I thought it had such a great Christian ethos. And it said this, you have it in you to save a life. And that isn't just the blood. That is the blood of Jesus as well, Bex. What do you think of that one? Come on. Love it. (laughs) I suppose there are also ways when you talked about property that we can give after our death as well in terms of we may choose to leave an amount of money in our will towards a church or towards a charity or towards a particular group of people. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about it in our next episodes. Leaving a legacy, really important for many charities. You can leave money when you pass away. You can also give monies before you pass away. I think sometimes there's value in that. You get to see the good being done. And here's a little tidbit to drop into some people's minds, might be relevant. If you are receiving an inheritance from a deceased parent or family member or even a friend, and you realize that you don't need all the money that is being given, maybe it's right for you to pass some of that on to charity as well. There can be tax efficiencies even in doing that. So there's so many ways, Bex, we can give. We can be as creative as we like. It's not just about making money and giving it away. 
Look at the world around you and think, what could I do in this situation, in this moment, to give some of what the Lord has given me to improve the lives of those around me, show his love, and hopefully be living out the gospel at the same time? Absolutely. And ultimately, it talks about in the Bible how our worship is our whole lives. And I think that principle can also be applied to generosity and to giving, and that we want ultimately our whole lives to reflect God's generosity and to give away what we can. So next time, what are we going to look at, Simon? Well, I think the time has come that we should start talking about how best to give. And this is the moment where we might start talking tax and tax relief. You've chosen to give. You've chosen what you're going to give. Maybe we haven't yet chosen who to give to, future topic. But we want to give in the most efficient way possible. That is us being good stewards of what God has given us. So I suspect it's going to roll over into a two-parter. And this is the one where you might want to take notes. How can I make sure... I am giving as efficiently as possible and getting back from the government, where appropriate, some of that money that I have given away. How does that sound to you, Bex? It sounds excellent. I'll bring my notebook. And if you have any questions about something that we've talked about today or about the topic of giving in general, we would absolutely love to hear from you and we can revisit those. You can get in touch with us by email at where your treasure is at freerangepodcasting.co.uk or you can drop us a message on Instagram at where your treasure is podcast and we'd love to hear from you. See you next time. See you then. This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go.